I'm Lauren. I'm Samantha. And we tonight are going to talk about Beauty and the Beast. Now, just to let you guys know, uh, what we're going to do is we really like to break down a movie and pretty much just trash it in general. Um, it's our favorite thing. And we do it on a regular basis, so we figured we might as well make a podcast about it. Yeah, we do it without <laughs> recording. So. Exactly. And this is not a spoiler-free podcast. There will definitely be spoilers. So mm -hmm. if you want to see the movie and you don't want it to get ruined, then I would advise you not listen. Yeah, and it's Beauty and the Beast, yes. the one that was made in 2017, 2017. not the cartoon version. Yes. So. Which is a lot better, and I'm very salty about how terrible 2017 version was. So <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. It's going to be called hashtag Lauren is too salty. <laughs> too salty, indeed. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so how did you feel about the movie? Uh, let me start. I wanted to preface by saying I'm not a Beauty and the Beast purist, so to speak. I... I always liked the cartoon growing up, but I'm not one of those girls who thought it, it was never my favorite Disney princess movie. And I, I think given the choice, I, between that and other princess movies, I usually wouldn't choose Beauty and the Beast, probably because of something that annoyed me in this movie. It's just <laughs> human, human animal attraction is, was really strange to me. And um, so I think even as a child, I was uncomfortable with the concept. But the movie. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Just, I was thinking about, you know, that scene where they're singing, um, it must be something there that wasn't there before yeah. or whatever. And she's kind of like, she's like, oh, but now he's so kind and he's yeah, so different. She has her heart. She's like a little confused. I saw a meme and I actually wrote this in my notes, but I saw a meme that was like. That was like a little thought bubble, and it was like, shit, am I in a bestiality now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Beauty and the Beast has never been my favorite. So I went into this movie thinking I might like it because I'm not going to be upset that they messed up the cartoon or something. Right. And overall, I, there were moments that I kind of enjoyed, but there were equal moments that I did not like. And I thought that Disney, Disney had some weird bias or motivation to be weirdly political correct politically correct a lot of the time and there were aspects of that that kind of bothered me that I don't know if we'll dig into okay but, um, <laughs> you don't want to dig into them now you want to dig into them later I or? think as it goes okay okay um, okay <laughs> it'll come up but I, anyway I it was okay it's would I ever watch it again? No. Um, <laughs> and I made myself watch it again, and I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it the first time. I hated it even more the second time. Just, something that really bothers me is how do you... Okay, how do you fall in love with an animal that you know is an animal? Because I told myself, well, it's kind of like their personalities are falling in love. So it's almost as if they've just been, like instant messaging each other this whole time they're falling in love with their personalities and they meet at a shopping mall and she finds out he's not human i don't know how it works and it really bothers me i wish i know the movie's beauty and the beast this is a tangent that i kept thinking of last night i know it's called beauty and the beast but i wish he was just disfigured instead of an animal like beastly yeah in the cartoon it was easier to accept because it's cartoons you could do whatever you want but in yeah. real life i think Eh. He was like, one of the things that really bothered me about the way he looked was that, and I noticed this a lot as like I was watching it, that it looked really, really fake. But, oh, yeah. But oh. also it reminds, well, like, yes, obviously it's fake. But like, 
<laughs> like, it's not, they didn't hire, like, a real beast, they man. They were like, <laughs> they like, were so lucky, lucky to find this You know that, song. like, werewolf yeah. gene? Like, they, like, found someone that like has a, a werewolf box. gene. They're like, just put in some of those, like, fake plastic vampire teeth. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> anyway. He had, no. like, he had pan horns, which kind of bothered me. Yeah, he did. But, like, the thing that really got to me was that, like, in the, in the 1991 version, um, he, like, had these ginormous teeth that made him look very, you know, beastly and scary and yeah, stuff. you're right. And in this, he kind of looked like a furry. Yeah, he had teeny, <laughs> like, teeny, a teeny little overbite. Not like, enough to make yeah. him unattractive for all you right. attracted to beasts. <laughs> like, yeah. it was enough where it was like, I mean, he's I wish not was, the worst to look at, I guess. He was, pretty, <laughs> he was pretty fit and toned for a beast, at how I would imagine. Yeah. So I, I kind of wish that he would have just totally let himself go. And so he was just like this, and they had to push him on a cart. Because he's just this lazy furry beast with tiny teeth. <laughs> oh, God. He never would have been able to rescue her from the wolves then. <laughs> he was this, like, chunky beast. <laughs> but then, I just, oh, I would have thought that she had a better heart. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. she, like, puts him through a fitness regime or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, okay, um, there, so, like, one of the things that actually really bothered me, and this is, like, a casting decision, is that I did not think that Emma Watson should have played Belle because I thought no. she was awful at it. And, like, and I know, obviously, you know, you're you're not, like, a huge Harry Potter fan or you haven't seen them, but... Um, oh, everyone just gassed. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, call you out in there, but... My credibility is, like, is being questioned. <laughs> but, like, the thing is that... The thing is that um, Belle and, and her character in Harry Potter, Hermione, are, like, pretty much the same person. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's just, and it was clearly, like, it was, like, a, almost, like, a scene-for-scene scene remake of the original, or, like, yeah. a frame-for-frame frame remake. Uh-huh. But the thing is that it wasn't at the same time, and they added all these other, like, little elements to it that really fucking bothered me. There was me. a few scenes that, at least a few scenes that were totally unnecessary, that were not from the cartoon at all and I thought like the wash maybe I'll jump ahead the scene where she's doing laundry yeah and she like invented a washing machine yeah and and then they like and everyone lost their shit over it they pulled a prank on her because she taught a girl to read I just I know like they're like really what (laughs) women reading (laughs) it was bad I could if I could just think of other scenes but we'll get to them but anyway yeah well so no I agree it's hard to see her as an, a character, even though I don't know her as Hermione, I think she's built up a reputation of being Hermione because she was in what seven movies? Eight. Eight movies. So yeah, that it's really hard to movies. shake that character. I think unless you're really good. I mean, if she was Tom Hanks, maybe she could do it. But she's just not. <laughs> no, so. no one is Tom Hanks. <laughs> so it's hard to see her as it's anything Tom but Hanks. Emma Watson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, also, I felt like I felt very much like she wasn't exactly acting. She was just reciting. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I felt that like way as it well. was just like I'm like okay. I'm like, are you even, like, taking the time to actually, like, act out these scenes, or did you just watch the 1991 version and, like, memorize everything? Because, Emma, that's what it sounds like, and I'm calling you out, girl. You (laughs) need acting lessons, okay? Before you go ruining my favorite Disney films, bitch. (laughs) I had to add that in there. It was perfect. Um, Okay. So, um, 
One of the things I, I do have to say, though, and Dan Stevens is fine. I don't really have any problems with Dan Stevens. He's okay. He's really cute when he has a beard and yeah. shorter hair. I was like, mm. <laughs> like especially I think the beard. You know, I love the he beard. He did a good job as the Beast. I thought he was believable as a Beast in terms of his acting and voice. I mean, obviously, he, he was covered with great stuff. <laughs> I'm I'm such a fan of the original though. So the original person who played him was Robbie Benson, and oh, I love, I'm a big Benson fan. <laughs> Shut up! No, you're not. You don't even know who he is. Robbie, Robbie. telling me I don't know Robbie. Robbie. You don't know who Robert I Benson is. Did I ever tell you? Finish your thought. And okay. I'm tell okay. You okay. Um. So Robbie Benson and fun fact, he actually played Sabrina's dad in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the first dad. Then they like later. You know, but they fired Robbie? Yeah, they fired Robbie. And Dan Stevens so is a dad. <laughs> All of his parts go to Dan Stevens. <laughs> so, but it was like some gray-haired dude. Like, so mm. Then like all the, you know, gray-haired actors was just some random one. Um, but um, so he, uh, the way that he, like the emotion that he put into the role Robbie Benson was I thought really, really well done, whereas I thought that Dan Stevens was really lacking in that. And I actually have, like, a shit ton of notes about that because that one scene that I'm not going to mention right now, but I'm going to mention we're going to work our way to it, that's a big part of it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so what were you saying, though? This is just a total aside story, but when I worked at the theater, um, Beauty and the Beast, the cartoon was sort of, I guess it was remastered and released on IMAX. And it was starting on New Year's Day. Gosh, I've seen that. <laughs> so um, I was working at the theater on New Year's Eve, the matinee shift, and they were having a big party for the theater bigwigs and other bigwigs around the city and who were donating and stuff. And the actor that played Gaston in Beauty and the Beast was giving a concert <laughs> for this party. Really? And I was working the matinee shift, so the party was going on later in the evening. But he was warming up. And we were, I was in the concession stand that was right by the stage where he was warming up, and he was so loud. People were coming up and trying to order, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, this guy just won't shut up. And he was like, America! <laughs> he was just bouncing it up because he was doing a sound check and warming up and everything, and it was the most That's ridiculous. Amazing. It's the most, it's the greatest so memory of anything related to Beauty and the Beast that I think I'll ever have because it felt so sitcomish because people would try to be ordering, and I think, why? Why do they have this guy with the loudest voice ever? <laughs> he did have a loud yeah. voice, too. Um, so, but um, I did, I think that Luke Evans was good as Gaston. And yeah. I thought LeFou was good, too. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, oh, he's awesome. I really like yeah, him. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Olaf. Josh Gad. Josh Gad, yes. <laughs> Olaf, yeah, he's Olaf, you know. Olaf is I like him. I That's really his like real him. name. <laughs> Olaf I like him Snowman. so much I don't know his name. <laughs> I love him. What's his name again? <laughs> he's, my he, he's my favorite. Um, so I thought he was funny, and I thought that their, like, relationship was funny, too. There was, like, one part of the end, and I'm just going to mention it now because before I forget. Sure. Where um, LeFou or LeFou or whatever is talking to Mrs. Potts, and he's like, I know, I'm really over the guy now. And I was like, that's, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, but it's because Gaston abandoned him to play I the know, hero. But like, it was so... It felt really forced. Like, you know, it just... It was it, too fast. It, 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 like, he changed sides in the battle, yeah, which is like, really weird. Right. And not only did he just... Like, it wasn't that he was upset at Gaston. He totally turned on Gaston. Yeah, I know. So and it was just... It was, it was 
it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I mean, that's just my own like I, whatever. But um, I thought that. Um, oh, maybe we'll get to it. But I lost my train of <laughs> okay. 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 Anyway. Okay. Um. So one of the things I did write down is that Emma Watson acts like she's always wearing slightly uncomfortable underwear. Like, like her, she always kind of has this look on her face, like, I want to adjust, but, like, I'm in public, so I can't. Like, like she always, like, like, she always has this look, like, she's, like, like, a little, like, a little annoyed, maybe, because her underwear's, like, digging into her side, but she is, like, not good enough at hiding it, because she's not that good of an actress. (laughs) I will say... I think this movie ran into... I think Emma Watson is very pretty. But this movie kind of ran into um, that movie Troy. That ran into the same issues that Troy had. Where <laughs> yes. everyone in town is talking about how she's so beautiful. And I'm thinking, well, she's she's super pretty. I'm she's not saying super she's not cute. beautiful. Yeah. She's not Gal Gadot. <laughs> she's okay. no Gal Gadot. Like, there's this part in the song where they're like... Gal Gadot is very gorgeous. Yeah. Her looks have got no parallel. I'm like, well, I'm like, like, I mean, like, she's the prettiest girl in high school. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like, like, yeah. Like, and, like, in the movie Troy, Helen of Troy is pretty, but, I mean, she's no like, Gal Gadot. <laughs> she's no Gal Gadot. Yeah. That's who we base all of our... That's who I base. That's who I base. <laughs> that's what she does. I don't know about you. Mine's, like, um, I don't know. It used to be Penelope Cruz. It's not Penelope Cruz anymore, but I can't think of I mean, who it Penelope is. I Penelope Cruz is no Gal Gadot. So. <laughs> I feel like <clears throat> she isn't necessarily the prettiest girl in town. She's just pretty. She's pretty, yeah. yeah. It just and and you know when I saw so when I saw um uh, oh my god I'm totally blanking right now. Phantom of the Opera in 2005. I thought I always thought that Emmy Rossum would have been the most perfect Belle. Oh, now, she's got the right That is, coloring. like, 14 years later, yeah. so she might be a little too old for that role, but she also doesn't really look that old, so she could have, like... I mean, makeup can do a lot, you know? Um, yeah. But I just... I thought that they should have chosen Unknown, because, like, they did with Cinderella, where they chose someone that was yeah. unknown. And, and Cinderella was so That was so great. Good. Yeah, that so was such good. a good movie. Like, yeah. I mean... And that's what I think I was so disappointed. Okay. Cinderella was so, so good. So, Cinderella was so good, and they had an unknown. I had no idea who Lily... Um, yeah, me neither. James. I forgot her name for a second. I wanted to call her Lily Evans. It's a throwback to Harry Potter again. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Sam's giving me this look like, chat the mic out. Let's talk about Harry Potter. Everyone's I mean, favorite. So, Lily James was an unknown. But then they chose, you know, Emma Watson, who everyone knows. Like, it's just... It's yeah. just and Dan Stevens isn't super well known either. You could say no. he's an unknown. No, big time. You know? I mean, he was I mean, in Downton Abbey and maybe yeah. a couple other little things, but he's I've not... seen maybe two things of yeah. his. Yeah, I think I've he seen. He was in an FX, like a superhero sort of. Yeah, show that I never watched, but um, can't remember what it's called. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like X Men. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like an offshoot of X Men, but Cabbage Patch Kids. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> Kevin Fish kids and X-Men. Um, so, um, one of the things, too, that bothered me is, and I love Kevin Klein, and everyone knows oh, how much I, I love yeah, Kevin I love Klein. Ke- he was, he was like, really good. I really liked <laughs> actually, him. Actually, I, I thought oh, that he... Geez. Everything I liked are <laughs> I didn't like the movie. He made me throw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like he made, no, I love Kevin Klein, and I think he's a great 
comedy actor, but this role was like a really serious role. And there was a lot of stuff that I noticed that was missing. Like when, okay. And I got, we're going to get back to this. Cause I wrote like a huge amount of notes about the scene where you're introduced to beast for the first time, but mm. they're saying goodbye to each other. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it felt like it was seriously lacking in emotion so should we just do that? I feel like I'm. I yeah, know I think now. we should. Okay. Now that we're on it. So okay, so that was one of the the things that that bothered me is that she is saying goodbye to her father for what she thinks is the last time ever. She's switching places. With right, her. right, and like she doesn't know if she's it. ever going to see her dad again. She right. has no idea. As far as you know, as far as she knows, it's probably the last time ever. Mm-hmm. And like neither of them are really crying. Like if it were me and I was saying goodbye to my dad, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be losing my shit. I'd be like. Crying my eyes out, like I was maybe thinking, throwing up a bit, like you know what I mean. I like, was thinking this is really selfish and mean, but I'm gonna throw it out there because we're all human. Okay, <laughs> she's probably twenty. He's probably sixty. Who has more exactly time left? Go- yeah. And what father? Well, I guess she kind of pushed him out. He didn't really yeah, have a choice. Yeah. But I, mean, I just, I was thinking to myself, why would you throw your life? I mean, this sounds really bad. No, no, no. But, no, but I'm on the same boat. Like, it's like, what, the 1600s? Like, he's not going to live that much longer. Come on, everyone died, like, in their 30s. Like, it's amazing that he's alive now. Like, I just no, I get it. I get really it. Weird. And she apparently switched places with him because she thought she was wily enough to escape, I guess. Right. Really strange. Really strange the way. And I don't remember how that happened in the cartoon. Did she bargain um, with the beast to switch? or You know, I can't really remember okay. either. Well, anyway, yeah. your point well, about no, him okay. revealing himself. I feel like I'm actually not. not I feel himself. like <laughs> revealing. Revealing. His, his, maybe he revealed it's himself not, and that's why she fell in love with his emotional penis. penis. <laughs> no, oh. that's probably speechless. But oh. anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to show you my penis, but I am going to show you my emotional penis. <laughs> it's not funny. We'll cut that out. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm actually not going to get into that right now because okay. I have some more stuff to say. Okay. Um, so the entire movie, all I could think of is, wow, Gaston is like, like really reminded me. I remember that story that I told you of Linda Riss and Bert Pugak. Pugash. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so he, like, stalked Linda Riss, and he hired someone to blind her, and then later they got married. And I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it's a really fascinating story if you ever want to look it up. Like, and I I mean, I'm telling this to our audience, but um, the way that Gaston is treating her, and he ties up the dad, and he goes, well, with the dad gone, she'll have no choice but to marry me. Yeah. And I was like, Gaston's, like, really date rapey. Like, he was grabbing at her skirt. Like, I mean, yeah. it was like... And, yeah, like, Gaston in, in the 1991 version is definitely no prize. Like, he's no treat. But he, like, at least he, he was kind of almost dumb. Where in he this one, he was, like, calculating. He was a chauvinist like, in the cool. first one. Yeah. He was, he just, he, he didn't want her to read all the time. He just wanted a right. pretty girl to take care of him. But in this one, yeah, he was... He was, like, really calculatingly cruel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it and was I, creepy as shit. Like, yeah. And I... I, I kind of liked the idiotic, like, Gaston. Like, I liked that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of, like... It didn't endear you to him, but you're kind of like, oh, this guy's, like, he's kind of funny. He's kind of an idiot. You there know was something I mean? about Gaston, <clears throat> and I think this is a tribute... To, or this is attributed to the writing in this movie, because he spelled it... I, 
he spelled something out as if the audience was dumb. He was talking to LeFou, and he says, Belle's the only one who doesn't kowtow to me. So that's why I love her. And I thought, you could have shown that. They don't need a, di- a line of dialogue for him being like, let me explain it to the audience, because the audience is an idiot. Right. We can all tell that Belle doesn't like him. Yeah. We can all tell that he likes what Except he can't him, have. Really. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then there's, there's a scene where the three women in the village are, like, fawning over him. Yeah. And he looks at them, and his horse, like, kicks mud at them. And, and then he talks more about Belle. And then... He looks over, and there's these three women, different women, in a doorway calling him, which I thought, is this a brothel? Because then he walked over there. So I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Did notice, notice that. I scene? didn't notice I thought, that. is he going to a brothel? Because these women are, <laughs> they were, like, dressed to the nines. They had those big wigs on and everything. And they Maybe. called him over, and I thought, he <laughs> seems like a real cad. But I just didn't like that he had to spell out the, the reason he liked Belle was because she's beautiful, and she didn't want anything to do oh, with him. God, and I, I know. that. I, I hate just... Just you can subtly show that because people aren't stupid. I know, believe it or not. Like, yes, yeah, some people are stupid, but like most people, they're gonna get it. Like, yeah. it's not like yeah. Um, but uh, shit, what was I gonna say? Uh, I can't remember. Well, there was something else that I was gonna bring up from the beginning of the movie, and it was um, the sexy bookkeeper. Or whatever, not a bookkeeper, bookkeeper. <laughs> the light. The sexy librarian. Her and him had tremendous chemistry. Dude. And yeah. he was kind of young, so I thought, okay, casting director, either make him really old or forget about the beast. Because but they also made him a person of color. And she's talking to Gaston later, because Gaston saying something to her uh, along the lines of, You should be with me, and she's said something back to him about, I've met every man in the village and I don't want to be with any one of them. And I was thinking, is Bella racist? Because I thought she and the librarian could totally be together. But apparently he's not for her. I mean... I thought and he, he was, was cute, too. He was too. helping her when the whole town dumped her laundry out. He yeah, was helping. he and was sweet. He randomly showed up in the bar when the dad <laughs> said that Belle was held captive. So he was in all these pivotal scenes, and, and she never asked him about a wife or anything. So I was thinking... God, Belle, you really I dropped know, the ball I thought that they one. had tremendous chemistry. <laughs> I thought that was a really... I, he was too young, and they had too much chemistry for that for him to be in this movie. Yeah. Because the bookkeeper in the cartoon was kind of old. He was, yeah. And yeah. so, and, and she, I, I mean, there was just sparks. Like, I thought, forget about the rest of the movie. I want to hear the story. <laughs> I know, like, yeah, the, <laughs> the bookkeeper. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, I, I just, like, I don't know. I, like, back to what you said about a lot of the dialogue felt, like, really stiff. And it's just... And the thing is that that really bothered me about it is that it was all recycled. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was all, like, it was all from the original movie, which, um, you know, I mean, Cinderella was a little different because the, old, the older one is, like, what, from the 30s or something? So it's, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty old film, you know? They obviously kind of had to probably take, like, a new take on it since it's been almost 100 years. Right. I mean, um, but... It, 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 with this, it, it, it's just, I'm like, stop recycling the same stuff and stop making a frame for frame, yeah. you know, remake of mm-hmm. it and make it something that is just like a li- like a different, like don't, you don't have to, you know, and I don't know. And I get it, but I thought personally, one of the things they could have done is to make it a lot better was make it not a, uh, 
a musical. I agree. I yeah. think I think that that was a big downfall. I know that the songs from the original Beauty and the Beast are so memorable and they so are. popular, but it just didn't. It just didn't work as well. But no. there's something that occurred to me when I was watching this one, and it didn't. It's never occurred to me before. It's just how snotty Belle is. The first <laughs> like, scene is her walking through a city talking about all the little people. And oh the my god, I know. She's like, and well, she's from out, Paris. I mean, no. But the thing is, I always kind of from the cartoon version, I thought the implication <laughs> of that song is that they moved there relatively recently, but in this movie. Her dad fled Paris when she was a baby, so she's potentially grown up, grown up in that city, yeah, that village, and she's just disdainfully. No wonder nobody likes her. <laughs> I know they're like she's, she's so, so weird. She's so and weird. Like it's weird to me. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they stopped in a couple of their cities before they got there. But if she's always got her nose in a book, then she's had her nose in a book for the last two decades. Yeah. So nobody in the town should be surprised by that anymore. Yeah. It shouldn't affect anyone. I know. I just, so I just, I just, but what a snot. I mean, for a Disney princess, she's I like a little town full of little people. <laughs> so that takes me to another part where um, the one of the things that really bothered me was the fact that the Enchantress, who... Okay, and let me just go on a rant here for a second because I feel it coming on. But, like, the whole point, the whole entire point of the Enchantress's, um, her curse was that he's isolated and he's alone except for his little, you know, servants. He uh-huh. has nowhere else in the world to go except for his home because he's a beast. Like, he's a beast. Like, how would he not be, I mean... God, people in the 1500s were, you know, hanging people for being witches in Salem, Massachusetts. It's like, you know, so like it's not out of the realm of possibility that people would be hunting him down like they do later in the film for being this like terrifying beast man or possibly thinking he's like, I don't know, something like satanic or something, you know, like. Well, yeah, they did talk about dark arts. Yeah, yeah. right. So. So he has this book that can teleport him to anywhere in the world. Like, yeah, that's I, the dumbest thing that you've ever heard. But I was thinking to myself, uh, there's, I have a two, right, I have two I'm done, yeah. comments about the book. <laughs> oh, On the one hand, there was an aspect of it that I really liked because he said it can take you anywhere. And she, she goes somewhere and he goes, where are we? And she says, Paris. And he says, oh, I love Paris. She'll go to Notre Dame or the Champs-Élysées. But no, she wanted to go to this little place where her mom and dad lived. So I thought that was really endearing because if you have this life mystery, if you have this mystery about your upbringing that is you don't know the answers to, then no place else in the world would satisfy you. Like, you want to get that solved before you went anywhere else. And But something that I didn't <laughs> like was... They're in this place, which is the little house where her parents lived before her mom died. And she's like, I don't know what happened. And not only does the beast have a book that takes him anywhere he wants, he suddenly has magical powers to see the past. And he knows that the (laughs) mom died from the plague. So the mom died from the plague and the dad had to flee. But for some reason throughout the movie, it's this theme that her dad could never tell her why they left Paris. And I thought, why is that a secret? Yeah. Her mom had the plague. A lot of people died from the plague. Yeah. Just say, Belle, your mom had the plague. She wanted me to protect you. So I had to flee. Right. But instead, it's this life mystery. 
Well, I think maybe, sorry to interrupt you, but I think maybe part of it was he felt ashamed for abandoning the mom. I guess, but uh, I I don't don't know. know. It's weak. It seems weak to me. It seems weak to me, too. And also, I don't think it's necessary to find out what happened to the mom. It has nothing to do with the story. Yep. It's really like, you can mention her once, but yeah, it's not relevant. It's Mm -hmm. not relevant to the plot. It. It's just, it's just kind of like another, like, thing. It doesn't, like, really bring them closer together. Like, there's no reason for it to be there. Yeah. And I, that's a big reason that, that scene oh, bothered me. Oh, totally it's just like, Yeah, it's, like, super pointless. But I also think if I was a beast, if I was turned into a beast, I had a giant home, I had solitude, and a book that took me wherever I wanted to go, there would be no motivation to not be a beast anymore. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I just take, the, I just use the book and go. Yeah, you know? it's true. I mean, so, it was it was weird. I don't know why she gave him the magical treasure trove of the book, and the, well, yeah. the mirror was in the original, like the cartoon. Yeah, but, the mirror I always liked. Yeah, the I mirror is good cool, because but... you know it was a catalyst for a lot of the plots. So it's okay, but I I don't know. It just yeah. I mean, okay. So, one of the things that really, like, creeped me out was the wardrobe. I didn't think it was cute. Oh, I thought yeah. it was super fucking Really creepy. weird. Yeah, like, it was super creepy. It attacked creepy. her with fabrics. Yeah, like, and then, I don't know. And then, it's just, like, and did you notice that they made Gaston and LeFou, like, slightly homoerotic? Oh, not just slightly. I thought LeFou. <laughs> like, I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I was like. I actually kind of liked as well is that LeFoe obviously had a thing for Gaston. Oh, yeah, big time. Because early on he said, why do you need a woman when you have us? And then at the end of the movie, when they're all dancing, he's dancing with a man. Oh, I did yeah. Like, at first he's dancing with a woman, but then it switches. And I assume he's dancing with the man who... It was like a crossdresser in the battle scene. Do you remember oh that yeah, guy? yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy was like, oh, yeah. I'm a so I assume that that, like, that, that was the reveal that Lafoe is a homosexual. Yeah, yeah. And Gaston, I think, is just so full of himself that he wants a lackey to worship him. So I don't think oh. he cares one way or the other. No, you know? I mean, but, yeah. To to Gaston, it's all about like the end game and what I want yeah. is Belle. You mm-hmm. know, like, and if you help me get there, then great. I'll use I'll step on you to get there. You know, exactly. So, um. But, okay, so I'm looking through my my notes here. Um, the dust feather, or the dust brush or whatever, yeah. the one that turned to Gugu Mbatha Ra. Yeah. First of all, she should have been Belle. <laughs> okay. She, she should have been Belle. She would have been a really she's great really, Belle. She's, she's really pretty, she's and it would have been different. She could have dated like, the bookkeeper, left yeah. the beast on her. <laughs> exactly. Like, no. who cares about the beast? Um, was, I was going <laughs> to... What were you going to say about it? Um, So she can fly and the teacup can like weirdly like not like fly, but can like almost slide through the air. Like, did you notice that? And I was like, so can the human versions of them do that, too? Because like and I know it's like like suspend disbelief, but I cannot. (laughs) Damn it. I am angry. (laughs) They were treating it like it was still a cartoon where. Yeah. Like things can happen without. Breaking or no consequences, right. but a teacup could not bounce around like that, and feather duster would not be a flying. But I guess it's a bird themed feather duster. Yeah, I don't but know. I just okay. So and 
You know, I actually never really liked the Be Our Guest scene. It always made me super, and I think I texted you that, yeah. but it always made me super anxious because I was always nervous that the Beast was going to catch him. So I would never enjoy the scene because oh, I'd be like, yeah. and even though I knew that he wasn't, it was always like, for some reason, I'm like, what if it's different this time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what really if for like, some reason they add in a scene that's different this time? <laughs> or I would like forget that it doesn't happen or something. And I'd always just be like, really tense and be like, oh my God, they're going to catch you. really upset. What? The scene before, the Beast was so mad. That yeah, yeah. Why would you be calling a ruckus? Ex- but right. I really like that this whole household is so hell-bent on keeping her there because she's their last hope. Yeah, so she totally pulling out all the so stops. Nice. But so I like that. Yeah, I, I did too. I just, um, I thought that it was cool too that the castling was like, the castling, <laughs> the castle was crumbling around them. Yeah, um, that was... That was definitely different. And I noticed, too, that, and I don't know if you're really familiar with this, but it looked a lot like they had based the, um, a lot of the staircase around the Paris Opera House. Oh, so I So that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Cool. It looked, it looked really similar, but oh. I don't know if that's true or not, but it just looked like it oh, to me. That's cool. Yeah. That's something um, that I'm, that bothered me in the movie, now that you bring it up, is the movie takes place in France. I know that not everyone can do a French accent, but some of the servants and some of the people and Emma Watson had such British accents. They're not like I know in movies, it's sort of a given. It's sort of a given that you have a British accent if you're foreign in any way. But in this movie, some of them like Mrs. Potts and Chip had like Cockney accents. Yeah. And I mean, they're French peasants if they're anything. Right. And so I would just have preferred, since maybe none of them could act, I mean, obviously you don't want to disgrace the French by doing a terrible French accent, but just a simple, proper British accent, sort of a non-regional British accent would have been so much better. But everybody seemed to be showing their, wherever, like their origins, like their birth city accent. And that really bothered me because the movie is supposed to be in France. So we either have a non-regional, just a non-regional newscaster accent or a very proper British accent. Yeah. Because the peasants would not be Cockney. They'd be French peasants. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And it really bothered me. It's like, it's like Winter's Tale where he's yeah, like the, he has a the Irish, Irish accent, accent even though he lives in New York City. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But there was something I, I was going to bring up early on that I just remembered and that's I thought the costumes were awesome. I loved the costumes on all the townspeople all the costumes Belle wore I guess the men's costumes were okay but I don't really care about those but I thought every dress every single dress that I saw on anybody I liked yeah. in some way so. I mean I thought I thought that like visually was really it was really stunning yeah super you know? colorful yeah especially like the way that the castle was designed I thought was super interesting and like the outside mm-hmm. of it was really cool mm-hmm. I, I mean it made my art little like architectural fan heart like really like yeah. explode and I so. generally I thought I don't like an over-reliance on CGI, and I don't know if they put, like, a filter, but when they were showing scenes of the village, I thought, did they just do a computer-animated village? Because I did not like that. The rooftops and everything. That. And I don't know if it was just supposed to be a filter to be kind of oversaturated or or something. I don't know if that was the case, or if the buildings themselves didn't actually exist, just maybe, like, the bottom halves or something. Maybe. And that kind of bothered me because it's lazy, I think. Yeah, no, I and, agree. I um, agree. I didn't mind the clock, the candlestick, the the objects in the house. I did not mind that they were CGI because they looked really good. Yeah. And 
their objects, but I the beast really bothered me. I wish that they would have put him in a costume. Yeah. And maybe, like, put him in a costume, but maybe use some CGI to enhance it, maybe. Right. But it like was Jim just, Henson it. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, like, like, yeah. It was just, there's too much fake stuff. That's actually is no. Go ahead. Um, that's actually a thing that I was listening to, or I was like watching some documentary on. Is that people are saying that the art of puppetry is dying because now they have CGI, but there are a lot of really great movies out there that have lasted for a very long time, like Jurassic Park, which was what like nineteen ninety. I think it was nineteen ninety one or nineteen ninety three or something, and those were animatronic. They were not CGI, you know, and they look legit. Like they look scary and everything. It's just, but you know, and even even now, like even though it's only been two years, when I was looking at the Beast, I was just like, he looks really fake. Like he looks really fake. It's bad. It's so lazy. It's just, it's, yeah. I I immediately get annoyed if it's if it's something that can be done with a real life object. I get annoyed if it's not. So. If I'm watching Star Wars, the ships, that doesn't bother me that some of them are CGI or, like, the planets, you know, things of that nature. I mean, even then, they could use models, and they do, I think, sometimes. But So things like that, or, like, a talking and moving candlestick. I'm okay with CGI on that. But if it's something that can be done with makeup and a costume or, you know, things of that nature, I get really annoyed, and I think it's so lazy, and it doesn't look good. It takes me away from the movie, and I immediately think less of the movie if, yeah. if if there's a reliance on CGI that doesn't need to be there. I agree. It's like um, it's like uh, Mystique and X Men. You know the the original where uh, Rebecca. Oh Romaine's, yeah. Yeah, Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca Romaine. She's not Rebecca Romaine Stamus anymore. I always want to call her that, but anyway, they're not married. Anyway, um, but. <laughs> Let's discuss John Stamos yeah. and Rebecca Romain's uh, relationship for a bit. Um, so she had full body makeup, like the entire thing was full body, and that was extraordinary. That was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And it's just, and I agree with you. It's like there's so many things that can be done with makeup, and I understand it takes a lot longer, but also it's like you're paying millions and millions of dollars and you know, you know, it's Beauty and the Beast. It's Disney. You know, you're going to make your money back times two times 12 times whatever, but you're still going to use CGI and make it look like, like he almost looked like he was made of clay. It was really bad. (laughs) It was, yeah. I didn't like it. I I didn't either. It's just, there was, I mean, like he... He really creeped me out, and I felt like it was crossing the Uncanny Valley, like, yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I can't. I can't deal with this, you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the things... Okay, so this is just, like, a little side note. But one of the things that really bothered me was that she's, like, reading Shakespeare, and then he, like, quotes it, or they're oh, quoting yeah. it at the same time. She goes, you know Shakespeare? Like, bitch! <laughs> like, he's a, a prince, no, he has no idea who Shakespeare well, is. Like, he may look like an animal, but he's not an animal. He so. is an educated man. And you learn that because you're going to be falling in love with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then, and then this is, and this is just my own personal little thing. But the fact that she's like my favorite play is Romeo and Juliet. I was like, God, you're such a basic white girl. Ballet. I thought that's it. I thought the same thing. I thought, who wrote this movie? A twelve year old. Yeah, like, my favorite like, play is Romeo and Juliet. Like, like you could have just you could have said a Midsummer Night's Dream just to be different. I know. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, or and that's any the other thing. play. But I'm just saying, 
Bro- there's, you don't have to say Romeo and Juliet. Right. Like, every 14-year-old girl out there is like, oh, Romeo and yeah. Juliet is my favorite because it's so romantic. It's like, but you're 14. You, it's not yeah, romantic. Yeah, it's not romantic. And usually <laughs> like, in a movie where somebody says something about Romeo and Juliet, it's foreshadowing yeah. that something is going to happen to these two. And they're just fine at the end. Yeah, like, they're in fine. Fact, they're when like, he turns no into a human, he doesn't... I almost wish they had all died. <laughs> I, wish, I wish when he turns into a human, he looks like, like Jeff Bridges. Or, well, I like Jeff Bridges. Let me start. Edit that out. I wish when he turns into a human, he looks like... Steve Buscemi. Steve. Oh, I like Steve Buscemi. I know, but I'm trying to think of like an actor. <laughs> okay. I wish when he turns into a human, he looks like... Like... Like William Voight. John Voight. I wish oh. when he turns into a prince, William, he was like... William Voight like, is like that... Like John Voight or something. Bo- and she's like, oh. And she, uh, I don't... Because, I mean, lucky her. I mean, I guess she fell in love with him for his personality, but... You're right. Still, I mean, she had to, but I don't think you can fall in love with somebody 100% based on personality. I think attraction plays a small I, part. I think attraction is a big part. Yeah, like, I think she might be a little, like... Yeah, and, well, and then do you notice, too, that later, like, when they're dancing at the end, she goes... <gasps> I she hate goes, that part. She goes, I wanted to break my TV. You? I wanted to throw a vase at the TV. She's <laughs> <And he laughs> like... She's like, how do you feel about growing a beard? And then he does this horrible like, audio. Oh, I actually over. thought it was kind of cute, but like, oh my gosh! But I was like, I was like, Demons. He did a hor- it was a hor- First of all, it was terrible audio visual. It connection. was. It was. It didn't match very well, and it was so annoying. <laughs> I thought it was. I threw flirty. my television off the balcony. <laughs> I had to buy a new TV because that part dropped. I can handle any other thing in the movie but him growling. That was, yeah, she did, she that was it. She has to grow a beard, so she's already unsatisfied. Because <laughs> she liked to miss the beast. She was like, I feel that. I feel that beastness, boy. Oh, I did like at the beginning of the movie when they showed him as a prince that he was like a dandy. He put the dot on his face. You know, yeah, and they like, like all this makeup. And what kind of, and, like, Horish parties is he having where there's all women? It's like all women, yeah. They're all in white. Is he marrying all? Like, I don't know. Okay, if polygamy is a thing in like Renaissance France, I'm just saying, and this is just like something that I was thinking. Um, in the scene where all the 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 three women were like throwing themselves at Gaston, is that it's like in my in my like little cave like caveman brain, um, (laughs) like. I'm like, if I were Gaston and these three cute girls were throwing themselves at me, I'd be like, who the hell's Belle? Like, I'm going to, like, have a right. weird polygamous relationship with all these women. Yeah. Yeah. I like, know. I mean, like, and the thing is that these women seem like they're so desperate that it doesn't seem like they would care to, like, share <laughs> yeah, him yeah. among well, each other. Actually, like, it really seems like yeah. they might be like, well, he has pick up a litter. Yeah, like, and then, but he's like, no, I have to belt. But I think it's, again, it's, like, the thing where it's, you know, yeah. you want the thing you can't have. She doesn't want him. Right. So, yeah. so he's like, oh, I have to have her, you know, and it's just, I don't know. Um, but this, so the song where, one of the things that bothered me, too, was that after she leaves the beast and she goes to her dad, um, who I didn't realize his name was Maurice until like halfway through the movie. I kept calling him Kevin Klein. <laughs> I was just like, Kevin Klein. <laughs> um, 
and he sings, I know she'll never leave me. I hated that song. Oh, like, yeah. it was just, it seemed Where really contrived from, like, and Broadway weird. Musical or where's that song I from? have no idea, because it's not from the 91 yeah, version. I, I mean, like it. it's totally possible that there were a lot of other songs before they cut them down in the cartoon version. Oh, you know what I mean? True, Things yeah. happen. But it just, it was like... And I know she'll never leave me. Like, Belle's not coming back, bro. Like, I hate to tell you, but, you, like, she's gone. Like, yeah. she wants to be with her dad. Like, why would she stay with her captor, I thought, essentially? Like, I mean, I thought maybe she would grab her dad and they'd go live at the castle. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, dad, move in with me and my boyfriend. <laughs> my my furry boyfriend. He's, he's a monster. <laughs> he's so hot yeah. <laughs> i love his fur he's so hot literally and those hot. horns makes me horny <laughs> anyway all right that that's nasty. that's enough of that Why um you talk that way to her father <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even i was just saying shit forgot he was talking i forgot she was talking to her dad <laughs> I, mean, like, I feel like her dad might say you go i'll say <laughs> Oh, there what does horny mean? <laughs> Women don't Jeez. feel that way in the 1600s. That's called hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> there was something I was going to bring up, and it's something that I liked even in the cartoon version, but one of my favorite song lyrics, and it's in the song that Gaston sings in the bar, and it's like, no one shoots like Fights Gaston. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the line when he says, I use antlers in all of my decorating. <laughs> Yeah. As an aside, I always like, and I I was excited to hear that Uh, line again. (laughs) I like Gaston. Um, Okay, so I'm going to pause this really quick because I had to pee super bad. Oh, okay. Okay, now we're back. All right. All right. So, um, okay. So, one of the things that bothered me too was actually, I have to adjust. I'm sorry. All right, so um, one of the things I wanted to say, too, was the end with uh, my opinion, and this is just my, like, true crime brain, (laughs) but a knife is a much more intimate killing than a gun is. (laughs) I like like that you you say it's your opinion. (laughs) I think that's everyone's opinion. All right, cool. So, <laughs> great. I'm, I'm glad that other people agree. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying that you have to get up close to kill with a knife, you but a gun you can kill do. further away? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what I'm saying. You know, like, sniper kills are the most intimate of I, all, though, because they're like... I sniper knife kill. Look at <laughs> um, But, bad. yeah, no, it's like a way more intimate killing, and which they didn't have in this one. And he had a gun, and then he drops the gun, but then he somehow later has a gun again. He's just lucky enough to fall to where he dropped the gun, <laughs> like, and it didn't fall to the ground. Like, it just fell to a platform. Yeah, or something. Like, I was yeah, just like, how did he get a gun again? Was it, like, did he carry another gun? And I'm assuming not, because he's a French peasant, and it's unlikely that he could afford multiple guns. No, I think what happened was <laughs> like, the gun fell off the ledge onto the next ledge, and then he got oh. pushed the other, to that ledge eventually, and so he picked up the gun again. Oh, see, I felt I thought it fell, like, to the bottom. No, it did not. It just oh. fell to another ledge. Lucky. Okay. Luck- well, well, not for the Luckily, beast, I, I mean, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. And I was, like, almost shocked that they used a gun, too, because I was like... <gasps> How dare you not have a more intimate stabbing? Should be killing him. Should be killing. You should be stabbing him, not you know. And um, 
And then his death, too, was just like, boop, and it's done. It was just... Yeah. It was so, like, not satisfying. Like, you're watching this guy be the antagonist, this horrible, cruel antagonist through the entire movie. The villain, yeah. And then he just dies. And that was it. Yeah. He just falls off the ledge. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like there should have been a better death scene, you know? Yeah. I Like, and when, and the part where, like, the beast is holding him by the neck and he's, like, begging for his life, he's even, like, he doesn't even seem like he's that scared, you know? Like, in the cartoon, again, he's, like, desperate, like, this pathetic, like, you see him for this pathetic man that he is. Like, where he's, like, he's, like, please don't kill me. I'll do whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Where they didn't have that in this one. And they didn't kind of even, like, show that he's really just this kind of little pathetic dude all along. And it's, like, I felt like they really missed a lot about Gaston that made him so you know, interesting in the 1991 version, and it was, like, it was almost like it was too spelled out in this one. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, uh, yeah, they, had they made him, like, too much of, of a psychopath. You yep. know, it was, like, mm-hmm. and he shouldn't have been such a psychopath. No. Yeah. He was beyond normal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, and, like, the Enchantress coming to, like, save Maurice, and everything was, like, yeah. <laughs> They didn't even need to include the part where he was tied up in the in the no, tree. They didn't. Like the only reason that they like and I don't I don't really understand even really why they did because then later, you know, the enchantress comes back after the beast like gets all shot up and shit and he's like, you know, returning to his human form and she's like, "Oh, I just happen to be here. It's fine. I'll make it happen." Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, "I think you're missing the point of the spell." <laughs> like I thought that was weird, too, and it really bothered me because everybody died in the movie. Yeah. The last petal fell and disintegrated. So, essentially, and then minutes, minutes went by, and Belle finally said I loved him. So, apparently, there was an addendum on the on the spell that was like, oh, she says I love you in the next ten minutes after the last petal falls. <laughs> because I thought maybe... She would say it as he was dying, like, don't go, I love you. And then right. it would seem like he died, but then he would immediately come back to life because the petal was falling. But for all intents and purposes, the spell had been done for a while. Yeah, he was dead. And then, and then she says, I love you, after the fact. And then all of a sudden the enchantress shows up and brings everybody back to life. And I thought, <sighs> That was really, yeah, it's that felt timing. very... It just was too drawn out. It was, well, and it was very, it was like, oh, that's that happens to be so perfect that she's there at the exact time that yeah. he died. Like, it's just like... You know, and I mean, and the whole I like the whole enchantress being like a very minor, like, yes, she's a huge part of it because she's the catalyst for all this huge shit happening to him. But the, you know, the reality of it is, is that she's not part of the story, like, yeah. really at all. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, yeah, she is, but, you know, you don't ever see her again. So it's like, that's it. And that's fine because it works out, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, you, you're supposed to su- suspend your disbelief. So if this magic spell is cast on him and then someone tells him that he they love him and then he transforms then it's like okay so then the magic spell worked but then if she's like oh yeah well like it only it will only get better if i happen to be there and like change you back yeah like she always she had a habit of sort of hanging out yeah she untied the father and she was wandering around in the village in a couple scenes yeah agatha or whatever yeah yeah. oh the father 
is at the bar and he goes, oh, ask Agatha. She found me. And she's just standing there like a mute, like, Move me? me? And she never spoke up, not once. <laughs> yeah, I no. thought it was really weird. She was crazy. It's just, I don't know. It just, okay. And also the fact that Cogsworth ran from his wife after being oh, a, yeah. like, did, I was like, oh, you're like, so you spent well, you, the last, like, what, 10 years is like a clock, but your wife is such a horrible hag that you can't even be like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I'm yeah, human did, again. Like, and you're her here. Like, that was like, it just felt it so. He was played by Gandalf. <laughs> like and I recognized, I recognized his voice the whole movie, and I thought, this is, I kept thinking, is that Patrick Stewart? <laughs> no, no. It was Ian McKellen. <laughs> which I felt um, kind of bad that I didn't realize it. When I finally saw his face, I thought, oh my gosh, Ian McKellen, I should have known. Listen, not everyone can be as good as I am, okay? So, um, <laughs> no. You are the, the master. I am the queen of recognizing voices. It's kind of weird and a little loserish, but it's fine. I mean, you know, it doesn't pay well, but what does? What does? <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't pay anything. Um, so, it's just like, what a dick move. And it felt really sexist and gross, too. Like, it was just like, that wasn't necessary. Oh, like, oh, my that. horrible wife. Yeah, like, it yeah. was It was just so, like, cliche. Like, it was like, you know, that, like, and you didn't need to include that, and it would have been fine. Yeah. It just, it wasn't necessary to have. Like, it wasn't even really funny. It was kind of insulting. I don't just, like, I don't like movie tr- jokes about how horrible married life is or yeah how horrible, either, like they don't get like, married how horrible your spouse is be it a man or a woman i don't think jokes like that are funny i don't either like there's nothing it's like the Lockhorns. like the Lockhorns is the most depressing comic i've ever read you know what i'm saying oh about? yeah 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 they just like, hate like, they each just other like stand uh, each other and they insult each other all the time and yeah. i think sometimes i think if loretta lockhorn can be in a relationship than anybody in the world can be in a relationship. <laughs> Why is she such a hag? They're just so mean. They're just mean to each other. I don't. I just, no, I and yeah, and I, I just agree. Don't think like, it's funny. It's, I think it's, it's really a trope sad. that's really overdone. I, yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think there are people that are stuck in situations that are just they're just miserable, and I I just. But I don't like being lumped into a group of. I don't like. Being lumped into the sex of the domineering, annoying ball and chain. Female, female. yeah, right. Yeah, no, and I don't, I don't like either. That. Yeah, and it's it's you know we're kind of getting off topic, but it's a lot of throwback. <laughs> it's throwbacks to like you know everybody loves Raymond or Family oh, Guy yeah. or like it's always like these these women that you know they're these cute women and their men are just like these like bumbling idiots but like the women are so horrible and haggy and like naggy and shit and it's just like well maybe because your husband is like a grown-ass baby you know like come on like maybe he should grow up and i don't know like like become emotionally mature like who knows like you know so um okay so the thing that I really want to talk about, and I'm really excited, so, like, this is not the Stockholm Syndrome thing. We're going to get to that later, oh, because that is a big part of, uh, I know a lot of, you know, fans get into that, but the thing that I... <laughs> a lot of fans do get into that. <laughs> I love Stockholm Syndrome, like, I love falling in love with do my captors. Do you have Stockholm pretty... Syndrome for Stockholm Syndrome? <laughs> I do. <laughs> like, we're... Stockholm Syndrome Square. So the thing that I'm really excited to talk about and that really bothered me, and this is why I'm so excited to talk about it, is the scene where the Beast is introduced for the first time. So 
I wrote a ton of notes about it, but I already know what I'm going to say by heart because I've recited this like a million times to myself when I'm like alone in my apartment, you know, you know, now I'm just talking to the ghosts and the walls. It's fine. It's whatever. But anyway, so, um, the apartment so, okay, this is the, you could argue like probably the biggest, most pivotal moment in the entire film. She is going to see the man or what she thinks is a man who is going to keep her captive for the rest of her natural life as far as she knows. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. This is a moment where she is introduced to someone who has not only kidnapped her father, but is now, like, and kidnapped her father for stealing, like, just being starving, basically. Like, he pulled a total job air on him. He stole a rose. Like, he stole a rose. Like, he he, he picked a flower from a tree outside. Yeah. And that's why the beast captured (laughs) him. Like, the beast, like... So she already knows that she's dealing He's with someone really into who is culture. <laughs> she already knows that she's dealing with someone who's obviously super volatile mm-hmm. and um, has no problem just imprisoning an old man for essentially a pretty innocent crime. You know, it's, it's not even yeah. a crime. Like, he didn't even have a sign up that said he didn't have a sign that said no trespassing, and he yeah. didn't have a sign that said please don't pick the roses. Right, and he's like so in the middle of winter. People to do when they see those roses. Right, like well, <laughs> right, like I always pick roses when I see them. I don't know about you. And then oh, oh. the the cliche he pricked his finger when he was picking the roses. Yeah. Like, oh. Ah, like, rose pricks are always super painful in movies. I know. Like, they make people, it's almost as if he got stabbed. And it's always, like, tons of blood, too. Like, when I do it, I'm like, oh, that sucks. But, like, you know, yeah, like, you know I'm like, whatever. But I wonder um, if, if it's one of the first things they, they learn in acting school. Okay, pretend you got pricked by your rose. <laughs> Small the part yeah, Really overacting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> really overacting. Let me feel the rose. I want to feel that you got pricked by the rose. <laughs> Feel it. Show me you got favorite red rose. So, okay. So, this is the biggest moment in the entire the entire movie, right? And in the 1991 version, she's on the ground and she's saying goodbye to her father. And she's, like, really freaking out. She's clearly, like, in a really emotional place. Like, you know. And she hears him growl. And she goes, step into the light. And she's, like, shaking it's when she, like, awesome. like yeah. yeah. It's a really and, good scene. Right. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal scene. And especially for a cartoon. And the lighting is, like, lighting him up from underneath. So it's making him look even more intimidating and scary. Yeah. And he steps into the light. And she's, like, oh, my God. You're not even a man. Like, you're a you're a beast creature. Like, you're a giant, like, thing that's, like, you bipedal this is her beast ex- creature. Her like, exact monologue. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, yeah. She's <laughs> like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> right, this is her exact monologue. Um, so, it's, it's uh, either way, it's a hugely. It's a really good scene. It's a hugely, yeah, yeah it's an awesome really scene. Really intense. And really like, well done. And you could say, like, you know, you could say from, like, a symbolic that he's kind of, like, like domineering and she's, like, a little subservient. She's on, like, the ground. Yeah. And, you know, so he, he's lit up from the bottom, like I had said. But in this movie, in the, in the 2017 one, and this is what I think disappointed me the most of all, was that she's, like, again, it's freaking Emma Watson, who can barely act anyway. And she's just, she like. She act herself out of a <laughs> paper bag no she can't no she's like she's like ah uh, step into the light and I then she shoves say that because, oh yeah she does she, she shoves, shoves the oh, candles okay. into his face which like 
if any sane person would be like, dude, that's fire. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, that's fire in my she, face. She like, said, step into the light. But what she really meant was, like, step literally into <laughs> you know, this like, candle. Like, I want you, I'm going to shove this yeah. in your face. We'll meet in the okay. middle. <laughs> like, right, like yeah. I'm, yeah, just be okay with the burning sensation. It's fine. I'll go away. Um, and, and she's just like, oh, oh, okay. Like, yeah. And it was hands down the most disappointing thing to me in the world because I was look like because I'm like that's like my favorite scene because it's so well done and it's so like it's so emotional and so phenomenally like yeah it's just like it was really flippant yeah it it, right and 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 it's just I mean that scene kind of reminded me of the scene I have more notes about this (laughs) here go on the scene that scene kind of reminded me of the moment in Labyrinth when uh, Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie are in that like MC Escher sort of yeah 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 and like the baby was randomly showing up because the beast like they're in this weird portion of the castle and the beast sort of jumped over from another yeah I actually thought of that too that's so funny I was thinking of the MC Escher thing too I was like wow that looks a lot like that drawing made this movie really like labyrinth or something right, like, yeah. like he's like oh like and why like and why is the beast can he jump all these long distances whereas a human he probably cut out. i don't know like, there was a lot of things that he did that didn't sort of make sense no and yeah. the, and he was dressed really nicely whereas in the cartoon he's wearing rags like almost yeah. throughout the entire film like, like his his clothing yeah is kind of like tattered, it's all like yeah. tattered it's torn apart yeah and which is probably like him trying to pull on his pants with his claws yeah like, you know i mean like if you think about just it like, well like he's just like oh yeah. damn i ripped another pair of pants whatever i, I can't i'm not painting i'm not gonna go to paris and buy a new pair of pants right now yeah, like whatever i'm not bitter hashtag super salty anyway <laughs> so um so it's just like and like, it's just, it just really, really bugged me. It really bugged me because no, I, it, it was, could have been so much better done. And it was so, like, oh. It was like she almost didn't care one bit that he was abused. He could, yeah. He could have just come forward and been a, a normal man. Yeah. And she yeah. would have had the exact same response. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him. She totally would have. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. So, it's just like, okay. So, that's that's my big thing. So, now I have one other thing I wanted to talk about. That was the Stockholm Syndrome thing. Oh, can I say one other yes. thing before we start that one? <laughs> okay. It just occurred to me that, <clears throat> did her father think she was going to be raped or something? Because if your daughter changes places with you, like, if she pushes you out of the cage physically and she says, oh, I'll, I'll escape, don't worry. If I'm walking away from that castle and my daughter is there with a deranged beast man, yeah, I would think... She's going to get violated. Oh, yeah. I would not want to leave. No, no. I would fight tooth and nail yeah. to keep my kid. Like he, like he left. Yeah. I don't understand why he would even leave the castle. Why would he not like fight until, like you said, fight until yeah. he died? Like, because, I would, yeah, I would fight until, even if that meant that I died, but at least I fought valiantly for my daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe he thought, oh, it's a beast. He's not going to rape my daughter. But let's just, let's just... <laughs> Let's but bestiality is obviously yeah, rampant in this. It's a thing so. in this. But let's just pretend it's a normal person. So it's obviously a deranged something that's running this castle. But if it was a man, it seems like her father would have left anyway. Yeah. Like, no, he, I he know. Had no, he had no problem just, okay, yeah, see you like, later. 
<laughs> All right, Belle. Love you, girl. Love you a long time. Well, and that's part of the thing that bothered me, too, is when they're saying goodbye to each other, they're just like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be yeah. okay. I'm like, really why are you crying? Like, you yeah. should both be crying. You're never I mean, going to see each other again. Your daughter's going to get violated. Yeah, she's like, probably going to get murdered. Yeah. She's probably, if she doesn't get murdered, she's going to starve to death, which I guess is murder in a way. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, it is. And you are... Either gonna fight and die now that she's a captive, or you're gonna walk away and you have to live with this guilt forever. It's a messed up story. It's yeah. Know. It's so anyway. So that that brings me back to All my right. Stockholm yes. syndrome thing. So a lot of people that are fans of this movie, um, uh, this horrible horrible movie, um, <laughs> say that Belle has Stockholm syndrome. But I have a, an excellent argument to say that she does not have Stockholm Let Syndrome. Let us hear your argument. Okay, so according to the Federalist.com, because I did not come up with any of this, so I want to properly say who I got this from. Um, so, okay, a Stockholm Syndrome is a form of bonding between a captive and captor in which the captive begins to identify with and maybe even sympathize with the captor. Which may sound like Beauty and the Beast, but just let me go. <laughs> Keep okay. going. So there are three characteristics that have to happen, or have to um, be like have to. Anyway, three three characteristics. There are three signs. There are three characteristics. Let's just say that. Okay. Stockholm syndrome. Um, so the first is that the hostages have to have negative feelings towards authorities or police. Um, they have to have positive feelings towards their captors, and they have to develop pos- and the captors have to develop positive feelings towards the hostages. Um, there are three fa- factors necessary for Stockholm syndrome to develop, which is the crisis situation has to last for several days or longer. Um, the hostage takers remain in contact with the hostages, and that they are not placed in a separate room. The hostages or the hostage takers show some kindness towards the hostages. And do not abuse them because if they abuse them, then hostages will like will not develop Stockholm syndrome. So, um, in addition, people who feel helpless or or in in addition, people who often feel helpless in uh, in other stressful life situations or willing to do anything to survive seem to be more susceptible to developing Stockholm syndrome. So the first point that I have is that Belle chooses to remain in the Beast Castle. So she, like, she willingly becomes his prisoner in order to save her father, Mm -hmm. right? The second is that um, she's not with him all the time. They're not staying in the same room together. So she's often by herself, and she's, like, off in the West Wing, and she's pretty much doing whatever she wants. You know, I mean, and one of the things they said is that... um, she is not, it's not about, like, trying to survive. It's about basically fulfilling her desire. She's kind of like, you won't let me in the West Wing? Fine, then I'll just go by myself. Bye. Like, okay. you know? Yeah. So, um, and one of the things that they say is that there is an FBI study that shows that social interaction defined as non-co- non-coercive verbal interaction between the hostage taker and hostages about matters other than the incident itself is one of the three factors necessary for Stockholm syndrome to develop. So if, you know, they're in separate rooms, it won't happen, basically. Oh. They have to always be near them. Um, and 
again, she doesn't care about survival. She just is kind of like, or she, and she doesn't change her attitude towards him until he starts changing towards her. Oh, okay. Yeah, so what he, she's like, okay, fine. Like, you can be whatever way you want to be. Like, if you're going to let me starve, then I'll starve, whatever. Like, you know, but then she goes down later defying his wishes and eats. And um, one of the, the things that they say is, is that as he is becoming kinder towards her and more open and stuff, she's like, okay, all right. Like, maybe I can, you know, like, what? I see. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's not developing Stockholm Syndrome because she's like, fine, you can be the little bitch that you want to be, and I'm going to be the little bitch that I want to be, and we'll just be little bitches separately, and that's fine. Like, and, But as soon as he's like, well, I mean, here's, you know, a library that I just happen to have in my castle, but it's yours. I'm like, by the way, that is the worst present. It's already been in there. Like, you own the library. It's not a present. It's, like, a thing that's already in the castle. So, <laughs> like, BTW. I thought, I thought it was funny that she... <sighs> Funny in a sad way, not funny in like a, I thought it was hilarious, but he made some sort of joke and she said, oh, you're making jokes now? Dude, I, I, I thought, actually wrote oh, that well, down. How modern of you to say that line. I don't think that would have been said in whatever time period. That is so funny because yeah. I thought the same exact thing, but also she said it like, oh, we're longtime friends oh, yeah. and now, like, and you've always been serious, but now you're making yeah. jokes. Now like, they're flirting with each other. I think that was the moment that she thought, <laughs> I think I could get with a beast. Well, she's like, maybe I know. You know, whatever. We'll make it work. It's fine. Maybe I'll pretend. Like, maybe I'll accidentally, like, I'll accidentally walk into walk into the shower just to see what his parts look like. Like, oops, like, sorry, like I didn't the, know you were in like here. Like the shape of water. Oh. She's like, how dare, how dare you bring up that movie? <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh. So the next one is. Um, <clears throat> Belle persistently wants to leave the castle, and she does when she can. And um, one of the none of the things they say is that like if you're, uh, you know, you're Stockholm syndrome, you're like not trying to leave. Oh, like okay. you're like you're trying to survive. So like you don't want to anger your captor, right? She doesn't care. She's mm-hmm. like, fine, I'm gonna go and get eaten by wolves. I do what I want. Like, I'm Belle. I teach girls to read. <laughs> I teach. I'm so modern. I make jokes now. Yeah. <laughs> I teach girls to read. I, like, I dye my hair blue. <laughs> That's what I did. It was total failure. Anyway, um, so um, she doesn't return to the castle to be a prisoner, but she does return to prevent murder. So she's, oh, yeah. yeah, she's okay. like, she's not going back to be like, oh, hey, beast, I'm back. Let's go live our life of solitude. And like, maybe we'll see how this whole thing, you know, works out. Or, <laughs> oops, I accidentally saw you in the shower. My bad. Um, <laughs> like, your parts are beastie. <laughs> uh, I love it. Anyway. Um, and then the last one is that she does not have any negative feelings towards her rescuers. And I did quotes there. Um because and right and I was kind of like what uh, she doesn't have any negative feelings towards her rescuers because she doesn't have rescuers she's already free oh okay yeah and in fact free. they yeah. lock her away yeah so they're not really rescuing her yeah and again this is from the federalist.com so that's it that's my whole no, thing but I feel like argument. it's a pretty yeah I, I, I think, think it's, it's a pretty compelling she, argument she didn't start liking him until he um started treating her better yeah yeah uh, there was one scene the scene where that song is the, the song about like 
there must be something near that bus and there be people, you know, <laughs> and they're outside. Is yeah. she just like teaching him to pet a horse or was he going to ride the horse? I didn't And then so, it seemed like he so was going to ride it. Him up to the horse. And I remember I was sort of rubbing my palms together. Like, let's see this terrible CGI beast ride a horse like an <laughs> idiot. So I got really excited. But then all he did was sort of pet the horse. And then she walked away from him and went up. The stairs and was looking down at him. Yeah. And he was just sort of walking with the horse. And I thought, what is the point of this? <laughs> like, I know. Is he just afraid of horses? You know. It seemed like the horse was afraid of him, but then nothing happened. That's weird. Like, you know, there's like a deleted scene that I saw where she's actually teaching him how to read, which I thought was really weird because out of all the people in this universe, he should be really the only one that can read. Yeah, he's Because very he's rich. a prince. Like, yeah. I, like. The well, and even um, that's why he gave his library to her. <laughs> yeah, like, even, well, I don't know what these things are. Really. <laughs> ah, they're like paper or whatever. Yeah. What's paper? Um, even I use them in the toilet. <laughs> He's I'm like, beast. when I run out of paper, <laughs> even though they only, they only ever eat tomato soup, <laughs> or I don't yeah. know if it's marinara sauce or tomato soup, but that's all they ever eat. <laughs> <laughs> they only do eat, so yeah. you're right, like, um. But one of the, so one of the things that LaFoe says is when they're singing, like, no one fights like guest at, you oh, know, yeah. um, he's like, G-A-S-T, I think there might be oh, another T. Like <laughs> like, he's like, but yeah. I'm actually illiterate because I've never had to spell this out before or whatever. <laughs> I thought that was good. I, I thought, thought that was clever. Josh Gad was sadly underutilized. Yeah, I think he, he was. He's really good. And Olaf, but, you will be loved yeah. and missed. <laughs> What did he um, die? Did Olaf die? Yeah, they all died. Oh, <laughs> it's the sixteen hundreds. They're all dead. <laughs> oh, I know. It's okay. It's okay to be sad now. Um, I know. Well, and once it, you know, the enchantress came and happened. To oh, change you mean him. Agatha? Yeah, Agatha. <laughs> um, by the way, when <laughs> the pe- the beast turned to Adam, actually, is his character's name, but he has oh. a name. Yeah. Oh. Um, turned to Adam, and he like turned around with that hair. I was like. <laughs> Actually, I think it's kind of it's me, Belle. It's kind of weird and it's been me the whole time. <laughs> Did you ever know? Did you guess? I went to Halloween France. I guess you, you bought Halloween. this mask. <laughs> Halloween set. It's like Halloween City, but it's in France. It's in this Paris. provincial Halloween city. <laughs> this provincial Halloween city. <laughs> I thought it was, I think it's kind of old-fashioned for the beast to turn into a man and be totally clean-shaven. Yeah. Like, maybe in the 80s that was popular, or if you're making a movie for little girls, little girls, I feel like they tend to uh, maybe... <laughs> See, what do you see you're gonna go with us? Like, I feel like I feel like little girl. Like when I was little, when yeah. I was a child, I think I gravitated more towards men that were clean shaven because they looked young like me. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes so, sense. It wasn't until later, yeah, as when I got you're older, older, that I started getting and you attracted go through to puberty. Men with and, yeah. and the people your age yeah. go through puberty. Then you know that that changes. So. I've never kissed a man that I think didn't have a beard. Oh, so yeah. I think it's old fashioned for him <laughs> to turn into a human and just be totally clean shaven. It would make sense that he would have a beard, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But I so, mean you know, there's also a beast guy that's turning into a, a man man. Yeah. A guy guy. Yeah, I mean the whole movie. I mean if you start questioning <sighs> the whole thing sort of falls apart. But, yeah, anyway. But I just I thought it it would be nice if he he would have looked probably 
pretty handsome if you've had yeah he's he's cute i mean dan stevens is a cutie um but i think that we're done you think we're done i don't think there's much more that we can say that we have said in future podcasts we'll say follow us on facebook follow us on twitter whatever and now we're done okay have a good night everyone thanks for listening to our first podcast (laughs) goodbye goodbye